Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we study the Word of God and go into the Scriptures and just seek out that what God will have us to know today. And I believe that we'll have a good time in the Spirit. First, I'm going to give you a couple of ways to join us for, um, by writing or by uh, letter at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Or you can mail us at uh, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. You can mail us at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And today we're going to start a new series and continue on in, in the course in studying of the Bible, but in uh, talking about freedom and the gospel of grace or the gospel of, of God, which uh, Paul spoke about and was the majority writer of it in the New Testament. And he expounded on it in, um, in the book of Romans and, and from Ephesians and Corinthians and all throughout his writings, he was preaching grace. And when he got to the book of uh, Galatians, he began to talk to the people about how that the dangers of drifting away from what he had taught them. And so we're gonna start out in the book of Galatians and we're gonna move around a little bit today but again, we're going to focus on being free from to be free to. And we are freed. Uh, beloved, we are freed from uh, the, the, the commandments. And when I say commandments, uh, I would say free from the law. And I want to always emphasize that the law was good, is good, and continues to be good for the purpose that God created it for, which was to reveal sin to man. And if we study it and you go out and you read the history of the, of the scripture, Abraham, the father of the New Testament, the father of, you could even say the, not only the father of grace, but it also father of faith, but also the father of grace because God showed him grace and grace has been shown even under, before the law, even under the law, God showed and gave us glimpses of grace as he, as, um, as we read the life of David, how David should have been uh, he should have been stoned when he took uh, Uriah's wife and uh, committed adultery with her and then had him killed. The law said that David should have been killed. But David knew uh, that he had to put himself before God on the and lay himself upon the mercy of God. And scripture says that there were the sure mercies of David, meaning that David discovered that, that we, we serve a God of love. Yes, God has principles. And yes, God is holy. He is a holy God, a loving God. And that's what the law revealed. It revealed that God is holy. God is true. And if you only take God with his holiness, well, that holiness that requires when you violate the holiness, that's judgment. But because of grace and what Jesus did, we don't suffer the uh, punishments that were under the law. Yes, sin is wrong and sin will be punished because the scripture says in the New Testament, the wages of sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life. But for the New Testament believer, it does not. And I tell and as a scripture, uh, as I give uh, some explanation of it, grace does not give us license to sin, but grace frees us from it. And we won't go into uh, the book of Corinthians but it's around verse 12, 9. Well, Paul began to talk to Jesus about the things that he was going through. Paul began to say, he said, Lord, he said that um, 
um, uh, as he as he as he spoke to the Lord about his what he was going through and how he was things were uh, troubling his spirit. And the Bible said he prayed. The Bible said it was a it was a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan that came to buffet him, that came to uh, limit his ministry and limit um, uh, his outreach and his effectiveness. And he prayed about it. And the Bible says it was a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And again, Satan comes to, uh, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. And I believe that's a measure that we all can, can should measure all things by, is does this bring life to me? Even the cutting and the pruning of God, when we're going through things and when um, we have unexplained things come into our lives and people come and people go and we wonder, Lord, why did this happen? I thought this relationship I was going to last forever and that uh, my friend, we were together and and uh, or my uh, pastor or my um, uh, my prayer partner, whatever it is. And, you know, they may move away or death may come or, you know, they may go another direction and you may feel that, Lord, why did this happen? And I go by the songs of the of, of the uh, of, of the elders that some things we'll understand by and by. And it may, it may be a while before you get that revelation of why the separation comes. And whether you get the separate the uh, revelation or not, what matters is that we stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay connected. Keep your relationship with God. Continue to pray. Continue to just seek him and receive. That's the most important thing. And I, I would want for uh, those who listen to Journeys in Grace that if we recognize that God wants relationship with us, he loves you no matter where you are, no matter what state, whether you are a new believer and you just started walking by faith and you just received this message of grace and you recognize that uh, this is the way for me, that now I'm free in my, when you get saved, there's a freedom that comes into your spirit. There's a peace that comes and know all of your problems and everything that, uh, and situations, you may wake up, you might have been in prison yesterday, and you may be in prison today. I'm talking about a physical prison. And that prison is, you may, you, what you might have done in your past life or your past uh, things that might have come upon you, and you received the message of grace and the message of salvation, and you accepted Christ into your life. You might have received it last night when you were in chapel or when one of your friends might have witnessed to you and told you about the loving God. Not the hateful God, the, the, the mean God, but you understand that, you know what, I'm in here and whether I serve my entire sentence or not, I'm going for God. And right here, right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be free in my spirit so that God can use me in prison, in this uh, cell block, in the yard, wherever I am. I'm going to show the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, you might have been a drug addict. You might have been a drug user. You know, you might have been an alcohol abuser. Whatever the case may be, you may be out of jail and you may be in the prison of your mind and you haven't received Christ. I want to tell you today that Jesus is here. He said, again, this is John 10, 10. I have come that you might have life. The God that we serve. That's what Jesus is. That's who he is. Colossians calls him the, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the manifestation of who God is. And if you read the New Testament, 
everything we read about him. He saved people. He healed folks. He, he, he fed them. He loved them. He did not discriminate against man or woman. But he always brought peace. He always brought love to those who would receive him. But for those who wanted to practice religion and limit him and limit God and uh, walked in a hypocritical way where they portrayed themselves, and that's what a hypocrite is. They portrayed one thing, but they did another. Jesus spoke out against the Pharisees and Sadducees and those who would proclaim themselves to be holy and better than others. And so they lifted themselves up because they observed the law. But as I said so many times, nobody, although the law was given thousands of years before, nobody could live it perfectly because that's what the law required. You had the Ten Commandments and then there were the 603 other tenets of the law that you had to obey. And James said that if you are at fault in one, if you commit one of the 10 of the 10 or one of the six, 603 would make 613. If you broke one, you were guilty of the other 612. So if you think about that and you compare that to grace, what Jesus said, where he took all of our sins upon us, he took all the judgment, he took every curse, he took every sin, he took everything upon him and he paid the debt that was required. He paid our ransom. He went, it's that though we were put into the, Adam put us in the pawn shop. He hawked us. Hawking means that you take something to the uh, pawn shop and you said, okay, I'll give you this watch and you keep it and I'll come back and redeem it. And that's what Jesus did. He redeemed us. It was an impossible payment for man because to be, per to be, uh, to pay what, to pay the bill that Adam made, it required a perfect sacrifice. And there was no man, no king, no prophet, no prophetess, no princess. No one could pay the bill that Adam created for us. But when Jesus died, the entire bill was paid. The entire ransom was put before the altar. No more sacrifices. Would need after that day, after the day that Jesus died, it was required no more, no more, no more bulls had to die, no more doves, no more goats, no more lambs. Jesus was the last and perfect sacrifice, and He died just for us. So all of that's leading up to where I'm, where we're going now. We're going to the book of Galatians. I'm going to start out in Galatians one, and again we're talking about being free from to be free too. And let's start out in the book, the book of Galatians. I'm going to start in the first verse. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you, peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he may deliver us from the present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then Paul begins to speak to the Galatians, because this is not the first uh, contact between Galatians, the Galatians church and Paul, because Paul had preached, and had preached this church out. 
and other apostles and other leaders had come through and they were building up the church. They were teaching them uh, about how to possess themselves, their vessel in holiness, how to live this life the, to the Jew and to the Gentile. They were receiving this word that, will, that would empower them. And that's what grace does. Grace empowers us. It strengthens us. And so that, again, as we go back to uh, Corinthians 12, it says by, by that, that when Jesus spoke to Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. So what grace does, it empowers us to live. It empowers us. It, it gives us power. It gives us uh, uh, a, 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 an unction to move forward. It energizes us. It is our deliverance. It's, it's our favor. Grace is more than just unmerited favor, but it's everything and more included. And we'll never understand everything that we need to know about grace because grace is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is God. So if we understood everything, that would make us God. But what I'm saying is that God will give us sufficient grace, sufficient knowledge. And that's what he wants to do for us today is to make sure that we receive sufficient knowledge and grace about who he is and what he has done. So let's, as we read on here and, and go to the next verse, in verse number six, Paul has a problem about what's going on in Galatia. In verse number, verse number uh, in chapter one, verse number six, Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I'm going to read it again. He says, I marvel. He says, I am amazed that so soon. So in other words, it must be that Paul had come through and others had come through who were preaching. The, they all preached the same message. Those who were with Paul and those who understood and were gathering the understanding of Paul, of a grace as Paul had given to them, they gave this to the Galatians. And Paul goes on to say, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. He said, what happened? Who changed the message? Who has come to, who, who has perverted? And that's what the change, he, he's saying if you go to another gospel, that means there is a true gospel and a perverted gospel. Both can come out of the scriptures. One being preached by with the love and the power of God about who he is and what we should do. Another that has been mixed with man's rules and regulations and about how we should live and, and, and what grace really is. You cannot mix grace and law. But grace requires that we believe that what Jesus did is enough. Is he enough that what he did for me on the cross and is and is and what he's doing for me now? See, there's a relationship that we have with God and there's a relationship that we have with men. Our vertical relationship with God is total and complete. But we walk with men each and every day. We have to deal with people on the job and you have to deal with issues that may be in the marriage or, or in our families or with our children or with past spouses or with uh, in-laws or outlaws, some may say. But we all have relationship on the earth that we have to deal with. And this is what grace has provided us for. It gives us, again, an unction, a power, a strength, and it gives us unmovable 
It gives us an undeniable favor in our life that we are able to abound and to go over and to triumph over those things that held us in the past. And he says, I'm, 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 I'm in awe and not in a good way that you left what I told you. He says in the seventh verse, which is not another. So in other words, he's saying what you are hearing is not the gospel because the gospel is what is not only is God's unmerited favor, but it's almost the news about the gospel to them. And the definition that was given uh, uh, in the Greek is the gospel is almost a, is almost, hear me clearly, it's almost a too good to be true news. In other words, you hear something and somebody said, well, you know what? I got something for you. And they pull out a million dollars and you look and say, this for me? They said, not only am I giving you this million dollars, I paid your house, your car, every loan, every credit card, every debt you owe. I'm paying it. I paid for it. And this is just spending money. Everything that you will ever, every debt you ever pay, every debt you ever make is paid for. Whether you go to the grocery store, the gas store, you need clothes, you need food, whatever you need is on my tab. I paid for it. Imagine that. Not only do you, do you have enough for what you have now, but it's for in the past, it's covered. What you have present is covered. And in the future, it's covered. That's what grace is. It's an all-encompassing, all-engrossing favor that God gave us that you will never, ever exhaust grace. You will never, you can never outsend grace. You can't do it. There's not a sin that God can't forgive. But the one thing that God can't deal, deal with is unbelief. And, and what is unbelief? Where you don't receive it. If you go, if you don't receive what Christ has already done, then you are rejecting grace because that's who Jesus is. That's why Paul says, when if, if it's when they talked about another gospel, he said it's not another because what you're believing is false. You've left the truth. And see what the truth is. Jesus says it's the truth that makes us free. It'll free the, the grace of God is a freedom that comes within us. And we recognize the old life that I used to have. We are freed from that old life. We're freed from that bondage that where we had to deal with all those situations and all those things that, you know, our past. All of us have something that, you know, that we, we either said or we did or we thought. And if anybody could pull, dig that up and put that before your face, you'd be so embarrassed. Some of you say, well, you know what? I never went to jail. I never, uh, I never committed any of those gross things that other people did. You know, I'm, you know, I've lived a relatively holy life. But if you and uh, a moral life where you know I treat people like they treat me, you know, if they treat me right, I'll treat them right. They treat me wrong, well, I'm through with them. But your holiness by itself, absent of the grace of God, to God is as filthy rags. It's as a filthy rag, rather, because only the righteousness of God will, 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 will enable us to stand before God. And you stand before God and tell him about what you've done. Tell him about how you treated your neighbor right and you gave to the poor and you, you know, you, you, you volunteered and you helped at the shelter and you 
help the old lady. You see the uh, elderly lady or the elderly man walking across the street. You make sure you assisted them. You know, you visited the children and you gave, you know, with any any calls, any just calls you gave to them and supported them. All of that is good. But without Christ, it profits you nothing. The Lord described it in, 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 uh, in the book of in the book of First uh, Corinthians 13, where we're showing our love. And if you don't have God's kind of love, Paul described it as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You're just making a lot of noise. If you don't have the love of God inside of you, and to, please don't uh, think that all these things are wrong, we should give to the poor. We should support the orphan. orphan. We should uh, uh, love and show favor and support of, our, of the elderly. But all those things in and of itself, without God in it, again, you're just, you just making noise. You're making yourself look good. Everybody patting you on the back. But without the true gospel, which is Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ in us, the hope of glory, all of the thing we do is just vanity. But this is what uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, that he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What is that new creature? It's, it's what I described a few minutes ago about the peace that's on the inside. It's you, us knowing that resolve within us, that, that thought that, you know what, I'm going to make it. Not because of all of my strength, but because of him who abides in me. Paul said it again in Galatians 3, 20. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not my faith. It's not my energy. It's not my good works. It's about what he did. But as Paul looked at uh, these Galatians and he saw that they started out well, he says, but uh, he said, but which is not another verse seven, but there'll be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Again, that perversion means it made one thing into another. You, they change. You can, you can change the use of. In our day, we see perversion among the sexes. We see perversion among men and women. And some will say, well, you know, uh, every man to himself. Every man, every man got his own. You got a right. In this country, you do have a right. You have a right in this country to, 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 uh, to connect yourself with any, any uh, sexuality, you can marry who you want to marry. In this country, you have that freedom. But I say to you, let every man be alive, that the scripture said, but God be the truth. Every man, every man. That's Romans 3. Let every man be alive and God be true. Let the foundation of what you believe be established about what's written. The Bible is as we celebrate this weekend, Independence Day, we in a country that allows you to do a whole a whole lot of things that most countries cannot do. We, you, we can criticize our mayor, governor, publicly. Not slanderously, but you have the right to criticize their work, criticize and you know, and 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 recall them from offices. We call them from office if we feel like the work that they are doing. We don't serve dictators. Although some would like to be. But there's not a dictator in this country. But we appreciate and love and appreciate this country. Again, 
Not the perfect country, but we are one of the few, if not the only country that people still are willing to die to get into because they recognize the favor that God put on this country. And so as I move forward and just continue to just talk about what, what Paul was telling these people were and telling the, the saints of Galatia that they had perverted the gospel. They had added in their works, they had added in their beliefs and others had come teaching something that were per perverted for what Paul talked about walking in the grace and the favor of God, walking in the new man, not being bound by the 613 laws, but recognizing that it's Christ in me, that Jesus had solved every requirement of the law. He had, he had walked in the law perfectly. Jesus lived under the law. Therefore, he, he was not, and because he wrote them, the Bible says that he is the word. First John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was, was God. That's this word, this Jesus. This Jesus. And as uh, Revelation 13 says, he was the lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. This Jesus. And he walked and served God perfectly under the law. So that after he had after he had accepted all sin into his, his body, after he had suffered and taken in all sickness and disease into his body, he was able to say, I finished now. I'm finished. I'm done. He said, Lord, it is finished. And he gave willingly, willingly. He gave his life for us. And as I said before, he went into the spiritual pawn shop, which is hell, and said, debt paid. Give me. The receipt he, he provided was, I have paid the price. I have lived, lived a sinless life. I present myself. I'm getting ready now to present my blood unto the Father. But this debt is paid. And the Bible says he led captivity captive. He took everybody all the saints that were in hell at that time, uh, what we would call paradise. He took them, Abraham and all the ills that were, uh, had security of being there in paradise, but they were all looking for the redeemer. They were all looking for uh, he who came from Shiloh. They, they were looking for him. As Isaiah said in 66, uh, this, this one who, who came with the dyed garments from Bozrah, this one, he was looking for. We, all of them were looking for him. As they look for him in the future, we see him in the past. And now we look for him. They look for him to get them out of uh, Hades, out of paradise. We look for him to deliver us from this present evil world. He is coming and we have this peace within us. And see, not only were they coming to move them away from grace and tell them that, oh, you know, that stuff Paul preached. No, it's good. But you need to you need to still need to uh, circumcise your your uh, your men. You still need to observe all the feast days. You still need to uh, 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 worship on the Sabbath. On the law, all these things were true. But when Jesus came for the new believer, we were freed from that. Because Jesus paid the price. He got us out of the spiritual pawn shop and he set us free. He said, preacher, why are you speaking of these things now? Because now we live in a day 
where many men will come preaching another gospel. And if we read on and into this study, there were some that say, you know, Christ has already come. The, the, uh, and he had, but they're saying the rapture had already happened. When the saints who came out of the grave and went into Jerusalem on Jesus' resurrection day, and they testified, and many saw them. They saw the elders. They saw Abraham. They saw Isaac. They saw Jacob. They saw David and many others. They testified that Christ was, had come and redeemed them and took them on to the third, to, to, into the heavens. And some came and began to preach this gospel. Well, not that gospel. They came to preach the message that, you know what? Yes, there was a, uh, there was a resurrection. But that's the only one. You now, the only thing you have to look for is the grave. That's why Paul went on this on the preaching in the, in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the scriptures. He says, if in this life I have hope, if all we're going to get is that we live a good life, we live a holy life now, and when we die, that's it. He said, we are men most miserable. But we have a savior that we look to. We're looking for him each and every day. All of us have this hope in us. If you are a believer today, you should be excited. I heard one man of God said every now and then you hear a clap or you hear a sound that sounds like a horn, like, like the horn of the, of, of the last day, the horn of the revelation. Every day we should get up with that hope within us. Yes, I want to see more people saved. I want to see more come to Christ. I want to see more. I want to see this. I want to live to see the fulfillment of this, 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 great, uh, uh, this great revival that God is even in doing now. Well, men and women are going about in their everyday life, not just the preacher, the prophet, the, the, the pastor and the evangelist. But I'm talking about all of us, every saint, every believer. Well, we just give people our testimony and say, let me tell you about what God has done for me. And without the Bible and without and I'm not saying we get out of the Bible and, and but I'm talking about with our testimony, we testify of the goodness of God and we tell them about the faithfulness of God, about how Jesus changed our life simply by us believing in what was written of him and how that where once I was bound, now I see. Once I was blind, now I see. Once I was bound, now I'm free. I pray you got something out of the word today. I pray that as we go in and study these book of Galatians, and we study the word of God, that you would begin to consider about where you are. If you are not saved today, I pray if you would pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day, this hour. And I pray, Father, and pray you repeat after me, Lord, thank you for coming and dying for me. I believe that you lived a sinful life. Says less life. You lived a sinless life and you died for me. You shed your blood for me. And on the third day, you rose again. And because you rose and you live, I can live also because I believe in you. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you've forgiven me of all of my sin. And Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And because I believe, I am now a part of the family of God. And not only do I believe, Lord, that I am a part of the family of God, but I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. And as I speak in tongue, God, 
as I speak in tongues, Father. I know that I am empowered. I speak, Lord, with a new tongue. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, and now, Lord, I walk in the newness of life. I'll never be the same. Lord, lead me to a place that teaches your word. Lead me to a place that I can grow and I can learn more about you and I can be example for others that they too will come to follow you. We pray these things in Jesus' name and pray you join us again on Journeys in Grace.